challenges to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. I hope you're ready to yes to spirit. I am. I've come to the right place, haven't I? Absolutely. This is the right place and the right time, and we are going to say yes to spirit in all kinds of ways today. One of the ways we're saying yes to spirit today <laughs> is we are trying again to use Skype just to test it out and um, use our technology. And so it looks like we're on, (laughs) but we're so used to having feedback from the telephone line that um, we're not sure. So the second way we're going to say yes to spirit is I have activated the chat room. And if you are listening and you are online, Please uh, go to the bottom of the screen in the chat and type in that you can hear us (laughs) so that we won't talk for 25 minutes and know that, oh, nobody can hear us. It would just be a private moment for us. (laughs) Exactly. So if you can hear us, please go down to the chat and just say, yes, you can hear us fine or no, you can't. Because we can always switch back to the phone if Skype isn't quite working. Um, let's see. So every week we, on the show we have a theme, and our theme today is blessings in disguise. Blessings in disguise. Yes. And so um, that's our theme. Every week we have a theme. But before we dive into that theme, we always connect the dots with the previous week. And last week our show was on self-reflection. Self-reflection. And blessings in disguise. You know, um, thinking about blessings in disguise, I I was thinking the idea is many times it's in hindsight that we see the blessing. We don't see it in real time. And self-reflection in many ways you know, is looking back. One of the things we talked about is kind of, you know, keeping up with overall piece of who we are and what we've done. Because I always think of self-reflecting as like journaling, and I look back and I go, oh, look how far I've come. And so it's kind of not a here and now kind of experience. Yeah. Which which I've done a lot of work this week on staying in the here and now. So this is going to be an interesting topic for me because blessings in disguise to me, it's a challenge to see them in the here and now. And that's about as good of a connected option to um, self-reflection as I have. Self-reflection was an interesting topic, and I thought about that last week a little bit in terms of wanting to have that observer eye. And I don't think that I talked, well, we really touched on that last week, and having an observer eye to be self-reflective of what's happening to me right here and now with an observer eye to kind of be detached. all makes perfect sense, doesn't it, Tracy? It all makes perfect sense. I love it. all makes perfect sense. So that's a great connected eye. That's it. And, you know, for the first time in a month, I've I've had something to offer. You 
you, you've done it, and I've been rather kind of jealous and sadly resentful. So I'm glad that I can <laughs> sort of at least play the game since it's my game, right? That's right. By we, golly. We do connect the dots just for Leslie. Uh, so having done that, we're going to take a, a little one-minute break, and then we're going to come back and talk about our theme for this week, which is blessings in disguise. If you have a particular comment, uh, we have opened the chat room today, so at the bottom of the screen you can be chatting with us during the show. And please dial in, and if you'd like to speak when you dial in, um, just hit the number one and we'll get a little raised hand signal. So we'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Leslie and Tracy. What's our theme this week, Leslie? <laughs> Blessings in disguise. And why do they have to be in disguise? Why do they hide from us, Tracy? Why don't they just... Because sometimes the ones that are in disguise know that if they came straight up, yeah, we would be like, oh, no, not yet. Oh, no, I don't want any of that. Oh, no, I don't sign up for cancer, so, no, go away. Oh, those kind of blessings. You know, I didn't even think about those kind of blessings. I'm almost oh. afraid to ask. What did oh. you think of? Well, just not that. I don't know. Now that you've said that, though, that's all I can think about. No, that's it. Cancer. Oh, I see. I see. Those horrible things. Those horrible things. Well, they're they not say. horrible. They're blessed. But, but they seem horrible. They seem horrible at the time. Oh, they seem horrible. They're at not the horrible. There is nothing that's horrible. Well, okay, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> there are all kinds of things that feel or seem horrible to us in our human experience, and they are just as full of blessing, of the potential for blessing as anything else. You know, that's exactly true. And it's so funny to hear me say that to other people and hear someone say it to me. I think I, I shared a couple of weeks ago about a woman that uh, was uh, in jail where I do some work with uh, the Dallas County Women's Jail. And the woman had just received 15 years in prison. 
and I was trying to encourage her to see the silver lining of it, to try to give her some sort of, you know, you can inspire people. There's a reason you're there. There, you know, you're going to do some good. There's, you can, you're going to use this time to better yourself, so you'll be a better grandmother when you get on the outside. I mean, I had, and it sounded more convincing then, really, it did face to face. But I was trying to, you know, see that blessing, see that opportunity. Could have been worse. Could have been 40 years. You know, I started out 40 years, got down to 15. So I really, really believed it for her at the time. Yes. And then I think I stubbed my toe or something later on in the week, and a friend of mine was trying to help me see that it was going to all work out okay. And I was like, screw you. No, it's not. It's all over. <laughs> it's never going to get any better. You know, like, you're not trying to see the high side, the upside. There's no silver lining. And so it really is, you know, it's uh, it's easy to see it when I'm giving it to someone else and offering them to see the big picture of the blessing. Well, and we all always try to talk about spiritual practice, and usually it's in the last 15 minutes of the show. But that just reminds me of, you know, we said it before. That's one of the main reasons it's so important to have a regular prayer partner or a regular accountability partner who, when you say things like that in the course of a regular day or regular week, will be like, "Uh, no, I know the truth for you. Mm -hmm. You can't see it right now. You can't hold on to it. You don't want to hear it, but I know it. And as long as I know it, I will not be moved or swayed by your temporary lapse of sanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is forgetfulness, your temporary forgetfulness. Right. So I'm holding that. I'm holding that space that it is all good and this feels horrible, yet it will lead to good. Right. And there is a window of time. I do remember I worked telling woman that, you know, she had, I don't know, three or four days, we kind of created some indiscriminate period of time to give her permission to fall apart and get angry and get sad and get mad and, you know, then kind of be done with it was the challenge. And I I wonder if there is sort of a balance in terms of when some horrible news in human terms is given to us, if there's, you know, kind of a um, some sort of Oh, never really like an Excel spreadsheet that would give you, you know, if you get diagnosed with cancer, you have four days. If you lose or, you know, have a death of a family member, you have three days. You know, that we could have some sort of, <laughs> some sort of little guide. All right, Tracy, <laughs> Tracy is, is shaking her head and rolling her eyes. Yeah, that's just for fun that she's telling you that. But, you know, it would be good, wouldn't it? You know, here's, the, here's how long you're allowed to be kind of, and beautiful. And then, so where I will go with that without having, without voicing judgment, because yes. I have judgment. Too late. Right. Yes. Without voicing your judgment. God saves it, right? Just say that. Where I will go with that is because we are human. <laughs> Turn it off. Because we are spiritual, having a human experience, mm-hmm. it is a part of the human experience to experience every emotion. Fear, anger, resentment, hatred, jealousy, anger. It's a part of the human experience. So, yes, I do not mean to imply that when something that is quote-unquote bad happens, 
that we should ignore it or feel bad about the fact that we feel sure. bad. All right, Reagan. But what you were saying, the point, one of the points of what you were saying, that once we feel bad about it or once we are in resentment or once we notice jealousy or what, whatever it is, that we are not to live there. Right. We can visit that place, notice that it feels uncomfortable, someone disappointed us, we didn't like their behavior, um, any, whatever it is. And actually, as soon as we realize and recognize it, are very, very rapidly after that, we should be recognizing that that's not the truth of who we are and reconnect with, realign with the spiritual truth, and that would require us to, or lead us to look for the good. Right. And you know, would this be the human part of me, Tracy Brown, I'll let you, um, you don't analyze people as a practitioner, what do you do, you spiritualize people as a practitioner? I neither, but keep going. I'll let you spiritualize my way. I don't do anything. I I listen to other people, and then I, as a practitioner, Then I you shift just, my own consciousness. Oh, you shift your you can't change my uh, no. Okay, well, here's a here's a here's a real life, real time example. I over the course of my life and I recently turned fifty years old. I, I, certainly, I certainly don't sound fifty, I don't think. But um over the course of my life I have cycled through fairly dramatic um emotional cliffs and mountaintops. I'll get to the mountaintop, a spiritual mountaintop, or, you know, really be at peace, and then I'll just jump off and throw myself back into the belly of, you know, desperation. And then I'll spend years working my way back up, clawing, inch, by inch, by inch. And so this last couple of weeks, I have kind of gotten to that that summit again where I then have to jump off and, and have something self abusive for lack of a better word, to to destroy, to destroy the good, right? Are you with me so far? I'm following you. <laughs> so, so this particular time, I was kind of hanging onto the cliff, under the abyss below, and um, I have a spiritual teacher, Reverend Beatrice, some people have heard me talk about her, and I was emailing her, saying, I'm on the cliff! <laughs> and she was emailing me back, Ideas and suggestions and things to do, and um, and one of the things was to use I am affirmations mm-hmm. for like a thousand times a day. And she even wrote that in the email, Leslie. I'm saying a thousand times a day. Anytime, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. Anytime your mind is not focused on a task, you are saying I'm abundant, I'm safe, I'm hopeful, I'm joyful. I am. I am. I am. And so Wednesday, I started that. And I tell you, throughout the day on Wednesday, I had that this like epiphany kind of experience where I started feeling hopeful. <laughs> Within just several hours of doing it, it does work. I, 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 I'm always surprised when it works for me. I know it works for others really well, but and so and then as the afternoon drew on and I was feeling lighter and feeling better, I thought. Well, this is sort of dull, and I have lots of time now, and I don't like this very much. I'm much more comfortable in that other space. You are sick. <laughs> I don't think that's what a practitioner would say. <laughs> no, that's what a human being who is a friend uh-huh. 
who knows that you like to laugh with uh, Yes, yes, very good, very good. But it, it's fascinating to me, this pull, and I wonder if we don't see the blessing in things right away because there's a pull to the drama of it. You know, and I mean, I really, I certainly can tell stories on myself, but I have better stories on my family members. I mean, they just love that, that, that you know, glass half empty. Well, you it's know, it's just about the, there's a bottom, it's the hole in the bottom. So there's been so much in the last, you know, eight years about the law of attraction, as if it's a new thing, right? And we know it's not a new thing. Ancient secrets. <laughs> right. So what's true about the law of attraction is that you attract where you have, what you have the highest vibration, vibrational match to. You attract that which you truly believe and desire. So when you said, um, you know, okay, so I felt the shift, but then it was like, oh, this is boring. I want to go back to the other. I don't think it's a natural attraction to the drama. I think it's a natural attraction to whatever has had the most, the predominant attention. The familiarity. Right. Yeah. And so if you kept doing I am affirmations a thousand or more per day for a year. Ah, then I think what would happen is when you go away from that, then the attraction would be, right. oh no, this doesn't feel good. The, the when I'm not when I'm in a place of negativity, I think that it would be like, oh no, this doesn't feel good, and I would be drawn immediately back to. I am affirmations. I am abundant. I am love. I am peace. To take a whole year. Well, I don't think Maybe. so. I don't <laughs> think so. But but you said that you recently turned fifty. Yeah. And so if you're gonna counterbalance <laughs> fifty years of being attracted to the negativity, Man. it might take more than a day, two or three, three hours. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, just maybe. It's so, an interesting thing, though, and I do think that somehow that, you know, the the difficult things that happen, and certainly my philosophy believes this, is that the difficult things that happen are really sort of like little um, dams in a river that kind of stop us from flowing in a direction and trying to get us back into the natural flow of good. Yeah. And so... You know, if I have a car wreck or if I, you know, lose a job or if I lose some money or something, whatever it is that I'm perceiving as bad, get a diagnosis of something, then it then I really my philosophy absolutely believes that it's pushing me back into something positive. And I've heard Oprah Winfrey, my other spiritual teacher who I don't know that I love, um, I've heard her talk about and I've had therapists tell me this before in my own journey that God or energy for good will start off as a whisper and if we don't listen <laughs> you know, it gets louder and louder and becomes you know a brick upside the head of, upside our head. So these things that are really dramatically bad perhaps started out as a whisper in terms of trying to ch help us change our behavior or change our thinking or get us back in alignment with, you know, the truth that we are God expressing. Yeah. Um Dr. Rita Louise has a book titled um, Avoiding the Cosmic 2 by 4 Oh, fun. Who's that? Rita Louise? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's a really good book. 
Um, and and a lot of ministers will in their talks talk about the cosmic two by four, and it's what you said. It started as a whisper, and you didn't even hear it. And then there was a nudge, and you felt the nudge, and it's like, get out of here. What is that? <laughs> you know. And then there was a calm conversation kind of level. And you actually entertained the thought and was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> eh, nah, not for me. Yeah, that would be nice one day. Mm, right. And it escalates and escalates until it's some, you know, that that ex- that feeling of, wow, there's no escaping this. No choice but to look at it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, when we, when we, um, Started the idea of this show, which, by the way, oh, we must say this again. Right. Which, by the way, right, our uh, unofficial but fabulous think tank of Carolyn Carey and Ginger. Yes, I love that, and I did hear from Carolyn this weekend. She she was pleased to be acknowledged because they put some real effort into this. Uh, I had the, the the what two months of. Uh, Topics on napkins? Is that, that that's how it came <laughs> yeah. I love it though. These are a lot of the topics. And there were there were no drinks involved <laughs> in the creation of this list. Now they may have had a few drinks earlier, I don't know. But there no were there were no drinks and there was no inhaling in the creation of this list. Just pure God source, imagination, creativity, and Looking in the mirror at what do I need to yeah. talk about? <laughs> you know how you and I pick the topic, so that's exactly perfect. what's up for me. Mm-hmm. So blessings in disguise. Um, and on the show page, it says, remember that disaster that turned out to be a great gift. Have you had a big fight with someone that served to deepen your relationship? Mm-hmm. Was there a coincidence that opened the door to a new job or a new relationship? So, um. Yeah, what comes to mind as examples of times when something seemed to be a disaster or a problem or an issue, but it turned out in hindsight to be a real blessing, a real gift. Do you have an example of that, Tracy Brown? Um, no, but I'm sure I will think of one if you don't have one. Now, you know, in the big picture, we could say, like, your whole life, because mm-hmm. then the blessing is it turned into a book, and mm-hmm. it turned into lots of, inform- oh, lots of comedy sketches that oh, you yes, yes, in your yes, life. Yes. Um, if I look at my life, I, there are dozens of them. You know, it's funny. I talk about this all the time. But then we're we're focused on it, and my mind goes blank, right? (laughs) That is not right. That is not right. But, you know, one of the things that just came to mind now, and I'm sure as soon as we continue to talk about this, they'll just come like this. Because I really do, I talk about this all the time. You're looking at the blessing. Um, That, you, you know, when somebody says something is bad or wrong, I always immediately because of my own life experience, so, you know, I know it seems that way right now, and it feels like crap, and I know that a year or three years from now, you're going to look back at this and absolutely see what, you know, came of it. But one of the things that comes to mind for me that I've used a number of times, but I don't think I've used it on the show, when I was 16, 
internalized and made use of, and you know, parents obviously, you know, it's a very well, small family ripple, is small ripple, yeah. but, but still it was uh, an example of how, you know, our external circumstance plays a part as well. Yeah, and so we're really interested if you have experiences that relate to you. We have a caller from area code 780, and caller, your microphone is open, so tell us who you are, if you'd like, and what's your comment or question. Hey, my name is JM from the chat room. How's it going, ladies? I finally picked up the phone. Know. Holy cow, can't believe it. <laughs> it's a blessing. Well, welcome, Jay. It's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> Just to be on the on Blog Talk Radio is a blessing in disguise. Where did you say right. you're calling from? Calling from Canada. Canada. Love it. Love it. Love it. So do you have an example in your life where there was a, a something that happened, but it turned out to be a blessing in disguise? Well, yeah. You know, I, in the last three years, I got laid off from a job, and I got fired from a job to, to you know look for something better and uh I found that was a blessing in disguise too um because um I think when I got laid off from my job is that uh you know it's interesting when the person drove me to my uh my uh house and uh and the uh, last words was you know it's a blessing it maybe a blessing in disguise I didn't think of it as that way. I thought it was just like tragic, a tragic thing, a loss of income, a loss of, uh, I don't know, just doing something. And it was a, it was a blessing in disguise. I found another job, which didn't last that long. And then I got, you know, got fired from that job and, and found something else that was a lot better and less stressful. And, you know, that could be a blessing in disguise. But I think when we actually, um, it's a blessing in disguise when we don't, Recreate, recreate stuff over and over again. It's ah. always new and exciting, you know. And that's that's how I find that what blessing of the skies is. I love that. That's very wise. I love that because I, I I think we're most of the time simply recreating what we've already created before. Like you said, we go back to the pattern we already know. We step into the same messes with the same kinds of people or we go look for the same kind of job we just got fired from. And and so, yeah, when we make a different choice, when we go in a different direction, when we believe there's something better for us, we change up the pattern. And it is a blessing, even though we can't see it yet. That's very cool, then. You know, it's, it's very interesting you talk about this. Well, so that I'm ready actually something for I'm 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 a, a drum teacher, and I and uh, I think the one of the things because that blessing disguise is that uh, when we get signs to signs actually when we're actually paying attention in a moment to these signs, uh, they are actually a blessing disguise too. But I think one of the blessing disguises is our our human create creativity. And if we if we are actually in, in a rigidity of doing things over and over again a certain way, then that's just not a blessing in disguise. Just that's just called suffering. But when we actually look at the other way, as a creative aspects of ourselves as a human being, we can see the you know the infinite possibilities that we have for attracting and, and things like that for ourselves. So that's why I also look at blessing in disguise also as creativity aspect of it. I love it, and it just sounds wiser when it has that sort of an accent and it's a male voice. I like that, Jay. 
so much for dialing in, and um, we're going to mute your line now. Uh, but I love what it what you said about. Well, I love everything you said, to be honest. Uh, what I'm going to build on from what you said is in that very last piece about um, what are things that we can do. Because in the show, we always, every week, like to talk about what's what is a spiritual practice and how do we how do we how do we live in a way that spiritual practice just becomes a part of who we are. And, of course, when Jay said commitment, yeah. I was like, oh, not that. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be accountable. <laughs> um, and then I laughed at myself because, of course, that's exactly what I know drives my own spiritual practice. Uh, but the big one for me was gratitude, the spiritual practice of being in gratitude. And I'm with Jay. I wake up in the morning and I realize I'm awake and I open my eyes. And almost every morning, the very first thing out of my mouth, verbally, audibly, is I am so grateful to have another day. You say that out loud like while you're in bed? Usually, almost every morning, I'm so grateful or, you know... I'm a, I am awake. I am alive. It's already a good day. Nice. I you know one of those two or something very close to it. And I used to just think it, but now in the last couple of years I've gotten in the habit of saying it out loud mm. because then I think it, I speak it, and then I also uh, say it so that I hear it. And so it involves thinking, you know, speaking, and then sound. So I get it like three times. Interesting. It's, the spoken word is supposed to be stronger, I think, in metaphysical energy terms. Yes. Yes. Well, that's why we yeah. speak your word. Yes. Speak your word. Yeah, it just adds because we do so much activity just in our minds and in our brains that we don't get the energy of it. It's just one more, one more thought, 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 and we have all these thoughts that you know our ego and our conscious brain is sifting through. But when you speak it and you actually form it into words, you're focusing your energy, right? And then audibly, your brain hears it just as if somebody else said it, yes. except it's an I am statement. So I shouldn't be saying out loud every morning, oh, my God, not again. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the way to start the day. You know, our sh- I, I do want to say our show really benefits from the fact that you are a trained comedian. Oh. Um, and but the- it's all true. <laughs> if it was really just for the comic relief, it's, it's both and true and funny. But it is, and it's a choice, you know, and I, 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 I heard Jay say that, you know, it's a choice, and um, and that, at the end of the day, is really the kicker to, to accept responsibility for the choices that I have, and that I, that I can make today, and make different today, and I love the idea of Michelangelo seeing just that brick of stone, and seeing inside it 
the you know what was he the guy that did the naked man? I'm not really certain. Or did he do the thinking man? I'm not really certain. But he did some famous sculpture, didn't he? That particular he, that particular <laughs> sculpture was a sculpture of David. That would be the naked man. But um, he, I'm sure, used that process for all of his work. All of his sculptures. Because that's a really profound metaphor to think about. Seeing just a block of stone, seeing nothing, seeing you know, seeing your day, seeing just this block of time, and then that's what it is literally. But then. Let me back up. So there is this block of this block of thing in front of me, and I see the beauty of it. I see the end result. I see the extraordinary expression that it can be. I don't look at the the nothingness that uh, that it is in its current state. I actually see the inner state of creation, and that would be an important piece of that whole law of attraction of you know being able to really fully feel and fully believe and fully connect to this end result, this thing of beauty, this creation of whatever that we're making, that's that's critical, isn't it? To be able to really fully embrace it before it appears. Yeah. And that that's exactly what we talk about really, when we talk about creating a mental equivalent or creating a spiritual prototype for how you want your life to be or what you want your life to express what you want to express in your life. It is all about having clarity about the end result mm-hmm. and then letting God, the angels, spirit, the universe work out the details and chip away everything that's in your mm-hmm. life you that go. doesn't Therefore. match with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what we say when we say change your thinking, change your life. It's change your thinking, be really clear about what it is you want. And the universe is going to create that out that. of the blob of stone that is your life. The universe is going to move the obstacles. The universe is going to refine the outline. The universe is going to do what it does, mm-hmm. which is create well, that which you are clear that you want. And, you know, I don't know if our think tank thought of this as a topic, but that's an interesting something. There's something there that intrigues me that I don't think I'm very good at in terms of the creation process. Once I have the belief, I think it's mine to do. Oh, How's that working that for you? Wow, that is so unpractitionerish. That's exactly that is the last okay. side. Okay, let's, let me yell let's, you. As a therapist, we laugh inside. Okay, we don't, we don't laugh. but as practitioners, we are not therapists. You laugh out loud. Don't want to be. Like we are very clear that we are. Yeah, we don't give advice. We don't because it's. Yeah. it's spirit working through. Oh yeah. wow. Hmm. Well, anyway, so. I don't have to do it. What is that? That is a that is a that is a something. That little piece there, and you described it beautifully in terms of. I could see this kind of invisible sculpting, kind of the universe chipping away, or you know, getting rid of the things that don't work, and then creating this thing. But that's a whole other topic. My desire to get in there and do it. Okay, so maybe August, but we um. <laughs> Not in our think tank. Oh. Um, well, in July we're going to do, uh, and it may come up then, we're going to do the whole month of July on one big theme, one big topic. Wow. 
That was that thing. And and then it's going to be you know aspects of that. So love it. We may have the last week of June. That's not scheduled yet. <laughs> but if not, if we do, if that's scheduled, then it'll go in August. But I I could see the show being something like you know there's the Bible scripture about it is the Father not I that doeth the work. All right. You know. And it's the exact same thing. It's not me moving the universe. It's not me making things happen. It's me being very clear about what I want and then taking guided steps toward that and being in gratitude all the time. Yeah, this is really good. This is really an interesting thing. I want to think of more about this because this is a big thing for me because I think that's part of why you overwhelm this whole creative process because I get tired. I'm like, I can't do it all. <laughs> no, you can't. That's the point. Should I just give up? I can't so, do it all. The blessing is that I don't have to do it all, and that's not in disguise. And in fact, yeah, you doing it all is. That woman in jail, you know, the twelve step saying, "You know, my best thinking got me here." She said that to Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's very cool. So any other examples come to mind of? When something happened, would it turn out to be a blessing in disguise? Well, you know, like you said, they're just little incrementally. They happen all the time in terms of, like, being late and then meeting someone that I or seeing someone that I wouldn't have met or wouldn't have known or seen. And I also, you know, I had a big one like Jay. I was fired from a job, and, you know, that kind of putting my life on a different trajectory, certainly, than I would have gone on. If I kept that job. So I think really for me more now in my life is the challenge, the opportunity to see the blessing in the here and now. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. But really to commit and to hold myself to that, I think, you know, Tracy, Tracy knows what I'm about to say. But, you know, I believe this whole spiritual being thing is, is so significant that I can, in real time, if I'm really in zen and flow of who I am, that I, I can be minimally impacted by these human experiences, that I really can, in real time, see the blessing and say absolutely, without it sounding trite or false, oh my gosh, I just you know broke my finger, there's a blessing here, or there's a healing here, or there's something I can do, you know, this... And to really get there quickly instead of spending too much time, oh my gosh, look, I fell down. Oh my gosh, look, I'm bleeding. Oh my gosh, just metaphorically, whatever the thing is, instead of getting caught off in the thing, but to really get in line with the truth of who I am immediately and see the blessing. And so your language there is really fabulous because what you said was, you know, want to be in real time, in the real moment, and not get caught up in, mm-hmm. which is different than saying, I don't want it to happen, or I, you know, nothing bad, nothing hard, nothing difficult, nothing painful will ever happen. Mm-hmm. If life happens, right. and then I get to choose right. how I respond to that. So, like, when using your example of um, when you were fired, mm-hmm. and you called Reverend Beatrice and she right. said, This is great this news. Is great news. What the hell is wrong with you, woman? Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. 
fire, huh, that could be bad or that could be good. Okay, let's go for the good. You know, in that moment, being able to choose instead of getting caught up in. And so, yeah, we see the blessing more quickly. And I don't think it always has to happen in that second in terms of our actions. Um, I was watching the May... Um, the May DVD from Spiritual Cinema Circle last night, and the they always have Stephen, Stephen Simon is the executive producer, and he's on every month on the DVD. You get four four um, films, three shorts, oh. and a full length feature film every month. And it's Stephen Simon Cinema. Spiritual Cinema Circle, and every month, Stephen Simon is on, like, you know, he doesn't so much introduce each film, but then he talks with someone afterwards. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a member of the community, the Spiritual Cinema Circle community from somewhere in the world, the U.S. or the world. Sometimes it's a filmmaker or producer, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so that's the setup. So I'm watching last night, and the guest he has that talks about the films with him for the May, the month of May, is a woman from Rhode Island. And two years, three years ago, her son um, died, and he was in his 20s, in his early 20s, and he had been in service to the nation in one of the armed forces one branch of the armed forces, um, and he got through that and came back oh, alive. Really? Oh, really? So he wasn't killed in war or, you know, but he got back. But he was so traumatized by it mm. that he ultimately um, accidentally took his own life through the combination of uh, drugs and alcohol and ended up dying. Afterwards, but the thing that was so powerful, you talk about blessings in disguise. Now, you know, we scheduled this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but and I didn't even think about it last night when I was watching it. But her story was all about blessings in disguise, and she shared how she and her family dealt with that quote unquote tragedy, and ultimately, you know two and a half to three years later, miss him, miss his physical, her words were were absolutely, I miss his physical presence. Thanksgiving dinner, Mother's Day. I mean, when they're a family event, especially, I miss his physical presence, but I know he's with me all the time. And she gave examples of that. And blessings for her and her family. Mm. You know, she said she realizes that he would not want her to be unhappy. Right. And he would expect for her to do what's important to her and go forward with her life. Mm -hmm. And do new things. Explore Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that her relationship with her other two children, who are both now in their 20s, it's so much closer as a result of, you know, the pain the family went through and them really realizing at a young age that they're not immortal. You know, like oh, right. you do when you're in your teens and your 20s, right. nothing it can happen to me, right? They realize, oh, something could happen to me. And 
you know, they are are very unlikely to experiment with drugs and to experiment because they saw what happened to their brother. Right. You know, so she talked about the relationships and things like that that turned out to be a blessing in disguise that they couldn't have gotten to any other way except for that tragedy that had happened. And, you know, throughout the hour, the, the thread of awareness and acceptance and making a choice to see the good, um, you know, really comes to mind the story of a woman in jail that uh, yesterday told the story of her husband 13 years ago. Uh, they had a four-month-old baby, and he was an abusive husband and violent and had been physically violent towards her and their other children. And he strangled the four-year-old to the extent that he almost died and had to be helicoptered out to the children's hospital. And the next week, she went into a blind rage and stabbed him and almost killed him. And this was 14 years ago, and she told the story of how when that happened, she went into a hole, and she started using drugs, and he was, uh, she was arrested, and he was, you know, put in the hospital, and 14 years later, she's now seeing that she chose, even though she would never admit it at the time, but she chose to go in this hole of addiction and drugs, and he turned his life around and he got into church and he got into recovery and he brought the four kids back together, somehow got them back from CPS, and she lost the kids. She went in and to the drug houses and to the life on the streets and now her children are in their, you know, early twenties and they have full lives with their dad. Mm-hmm. He really was this, you know, horrible man 14 years ago, but he made different choices. Right. And she made the choice to go down this other path. And she said, now finally I see that, you know, what we all, that horrible event was a catastrophic turning point. And I made the choice to let it define me. And he made the choice to let it be a, you know, a springboard into something different. And I think that's really interesting because these horrible things that happen, the loss of a child, any kind of really catastrophic event, you, we can watch other we can watch others make choices. You know, we can kind of like be on the sidelines of the movies of other people's lives. When it's our life, it's hard to see that it's a choice because it feels many times that we're gripped by it. You know, by it, really, it is a choice. Right. We become victim to it instead of of just seeing it as one event. Right. This is one event in the story of my life. Mm-hmm. This is one paragraph in the book of my life or one chapter. Isn't that interesting? Instead of seeing it as the defining thing, as the, and nothing will be the same because of, well... Nothing is the same because anyway. of the fact that I slept last night and now it's a new day. Every really? day yeah, is a new day. Kind of putting it all in the same temperature. Yeah, we don't do that. I mean, we're not, our society doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't encourage us to do that. Yeah, and Jerry made some good points about that in terms of, you know, that's another reason to have a spiritual practice of having a spiritual community. Like you said, having a prayer partner, having somewhere that we can go that we're grounded in, having sort of an, an acceptance with that, you know, we look at life differently in our, in our circle of choice. We we choose to see the good, and we surround ourselves. I surround myself with people that make that choice, and 
And it is that is a choice of mine and who I surround myself with. And it makes a tremendous amount of difference to have a community, whether it be, you know, in person or online or on the phone, that that is a positive community. Well, we are down to our last three minutes of today's show. The theme has been Blessings in Disguise and very interesting conversation, I think. Um, so um, any closing thoughts as we wind down? Spiritual practices? Spiritual practices? I said community. Now it's your pressure, pressure, pressure. No pressure. Oh, come no on. Pressure. Yeah, a little pressure. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'll, for spiritual practice, I, I'll go back to um, what Jay said so eloquently about it, mm-hmm. even though I was partially joking about commitment, you know, I do think that it really is, it is my choice. Mm-hmm. It is my choice to do things every day that keep me so grounded in my own spiritual truth that whatever happens in the world cannot throw me or cannot throw me for long. Yes. Oh, I like that. Cannot throw me or cannot throw me for long. And so my, you know, my daily spiritual practices, whether it's meditation or devotional reading or, you know, reading the Bible or A Course in Miracles, having a daily spiritual practice, being committed to that Mm -hmm. is then what shows up in my life as commitment to get back on the path, to stay on the path, to see everything through the lens of it's all good. Right, sooner or later. And that commitment, that discipline, I have found the more I do it, you know, then I hunger for it. So there is something, there's kind of a a moment where it becomes not so much work, you know, my favorite four-letter word, but the discipline then becomes something that we look forward to, like runners experience that. You you hate the running the first two or three weeks, but then, you know, your body begins to crave that. That, that that going out and running. So the same kind of thing happens when you're creating a daily practice for a spiritual practice. Many times the discipline of it seems difficult at first, but there comes a point where it becomes, man, I get to meditate. You know, it's time. My body is excited about that, the yes. discipline. You know. Yes. Discipline, or as Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith says, the blissipline of blessing of the... How cute! Look at him. He should have a church. <laughs> Very funny. Okay, so um, that's our show for this week, Blessings in Disguise. Thanks so much for joining us on Say Yes to Spirit. Next week, our theme will be about mentors, Good. and uh, we'll be able to talk about mentors in our personal lives as well as mentors in our spiritual life. Mm. And if you know us, you know there's no telling where we may go with that. But where you'll join us. And until next time, say Say yes yes to spirit.